Have you ever felt confused, uncomfortable, or uncertain what to do when you've sat down for a meal? Maybe you found there were three or four different forks all along the table and you're wondering, which one am I supposed to begin with? Or maybe it was one of those meals where you're invited to come to someone's house and it turns out you were supposed to probably bring a six-pack of something, not that fine wine. Something like this kind of happened to me a couple weeks ago when I was looking for a coffee shop and I saw a sign that said coffee shop and it was right on the name of the restaurant. So I, I pulled over, I walked in and I opened the door to find a nice cup of coffee and there were people seated for full course meals and there was someone there and she asked me, how many are at your table? I said, oh, uh, sorry, I thought this was a, a coffee shop. I just, just want a cup of coffee. She said, well, we, we have coffee, but we're really a full course meal here. So I left confused and not sure what just happened. Maybe that's happened to you. Well, this is exactly what was happening with the Lord's Supper, his meal. As the Lord had the people in the Corinthian congregation treating it as something that it wasn't and some not really knowing what it was and others not really understanding what it was. That's why the Apostle Paul had to write to the Corinthian Christians to remove the confusion, to remove the division, to remove the uncertainty and to remind them exactly what and to remind us what Jesus gives in his supper. To begin with, as he writes, the Apostle Paul tells the Corinthian Christians, For what I received from the Lord, I also passed on to you. See, the, the Lord's Supper isn't something that was just developed off of tradition or that the church decided to do. They, they had it, as Paul said, from the Lord. And Paul said, I received it from the Lord. Maybe if you have some sort of family tradition where you sit down for a special meal, you'll serve a certain course and it's kind of expected as, as the friends or relatives come over year after year, that's what you're supposed to serve. And I imagine if, if you started serving something different, like maybe some elk instead of some ham, your cousin might be a little bit bothered that you didn't follow the tradition, but you'd be fine. However, if you had dietary restrictions from your doctor and the doctor told you you were supposed to have a prescribed course of meal and avoid certain foods, you wouldn't want to deviate from that. It would be what you received from him. That's what the, the Lord's Supper is. It's probably even harder for us to get this basic concept of the Lord's Supper. It's not ours. It's not ours to change. It's not simply enough for us to say, that's the way that I have done it since I was a child, or that's the way my church did it before. No, it is what we received from the Lord. And unless we have instruction from him, we are to hold to what we received. And it's rather simple, isn't it? Paul repeats for us the same thing that's recorded by Matthew, by Mark, and by Luke. What I received from the Lord, I passed on to you. And it's so simple. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So we see, first of all, to remove all confusion, what did we receive from the Lord? He says, it is his body with the bread. This is 
This cup is a new covenant in my blood. When we receive the Lord's Supper, it won't do simply to rely on our own understanding or our own reason, but rather what we received from God, his word. The word incarnate, the word divine found together with the bread and wine. Jesus giving us his body and blood. That's the, the first point that Paul gives, the, the very basics of, about the Lord's Supper, which we confess here in our church to be the, the real presence. And what we receive from the Lord is what we teach. But there's more than that. Why did he want us to receive his body and blood in this meal? He says, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Not only do we receive Jesus' body and blood as he's passed on this sacrament, this special meal, we remember, we recall. You see, taking the Lord's Supper, simply coming up to the table and taking it, is meaningless. You'd be going through the motions if that's all we received was simply a meal where we take bread and wine and remember that we're receiving Jesus' body and blood. No, he says, do this in remembrance of me. As we receive his body and blood, we do it as we recall this is the body given for us, shed on the cross, his blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins, the gospel. The whole meaning behind the sacrament is to come in faith, recalling, remembering the gospel, that we have a king who gave his blood and his life to give us forgiveness, to give us what we need. And the Lord's Supper we see so far is something we received from Jesus, a special meal of his bread and wine in which we recall his death. And more than that, more than his death, Paul says, Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's not only something we received and which we recall, but also retell. Notice Paul doesn't simply say you proclaim his death. He says, until he comes. The very fact that we can still feast on the body and blood of Christ is the message that we proclaim. He is the living Savior. We proclaim him who died, but him who is coming again, our living God. We receive his body and blood. We remember his sacrifice and we retell that he who died is risen and coming again. And we receive and feast on his body and blood until his return because he is our living God. Finally, uh, Paul adds one more. Not only are we to receive what he's given us, recall what he has accomplished and done by his death, retell and proclaim his death and return and resurrection. But Paul finishes with saying here, we are also to reflect. Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This reflection that Paul indicates was for the Corinthian congregation who was abusing the supper, but certainly he says everyone and whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup without recognizing, we'll be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of our Lord. We are to reflect, first of all, on what we are receiving. Reflect on the words of Christ. Do we believe his word that he has given us this meal? And we are to reflect 
not that we are somehow worthy, but are we taking the Lord's Supper in a way that is not in line, in which we are not worthy to receive it because we despise it? The one who feels they are going to continue unrepentantly holding on to sin needs to reflect before they take the Lord's Supper. Paul says, let them examine themselves. And before they come to the Lord's table, they need to recognize the sin that they have committed, the great need for forgiveness, or the whole receiving, retelling, and remembering loses its value. They are to reflect on their own sanctified life. Do they have a life in which they've clung to sin instead of clinging to Christ and his forgiveness? Or do they hunger? Do they reflect on how they hunger for what he offers? Finally, I want us to close by considering as we reflect. Notice Paul doesn't say that we can receive the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner. Only unworthy as we come in sin and unrepentance. We are only worthy to receive it because we've received it from our Lord. He has invited the sinner to come. He's invited us to come to his table. And only that makes the sinner worthy. And then consider what we really reflect on. Having reflected on his great gift, having recalled his great sacrifice, having proclaimed and retold his coming and his living, we reflect not only on our great need for forgiveness, but the unfathomable grace of our God. And we reflect how he, in his grace, has poured out his love and how the word incarnate, the word divine, comes to us with bread and wine, his body and blood. And as we receive the meal he has given, we receive with his body and blood forgiveness the new covenant, and the marvelous grace of our God. Amen. Yeah.